<clears throat> What's up, everybody? This is Jordan, a.k.a. Jordy, and you're on my show. Everyone's entitled opinion. Today is November 23rd, 2020, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'd like to go ahead, give you all some homework. I want you all to think of three things you're thankful for. Actually, three people you're thankful for. Make sure you call them and tell them that. Also, tell them you love them, too. Um, today's show is pretty interesting. I have what we call in the black community a friend, an ally. Uh, he's a former coach of mine, and he just wanted to sit down and talk about, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And he had a couple of questions he wanted to express to me uh, so I can hit him on the head for him just so he can get a little agreement. Got my boy T4 in the back rolling up. So, you know, we still do our thing over here on every show. I'm going to go ahead and let uh, my partner introduce himself and tell us a couple things, you know, about you and where you want to go during the show. So, go ahead. Hey, thanks, Coach. Uh, anybody listening, my name's Steven. It's going to be Coach Steve. It's probably, you're not probably going to hear the name Steven throughout mm -hmm. this whole podcast, <laughs> but that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I just want to thank Coach for doing this because, um, honestly, when a lot of these things started happening, specifically related to the George Floyd incident, mm -hmm. I was pretty confused. You know, I didn't really know, know what was going on. And then, kind of like we were talking pre-show, uh, the riots started, mm -hmm. and you're talking about how those people's um, opinions aren't really about, mm -hmm. you know, the cause and the thing that they're following. So I think the main topic would be just... Um, I don't know, explaining Black Lives Matter to a white person. I think that would be the... Uh... Put it that way. I'm very <laughs> thankful for that because just starting off when I had the protest, uh, there was a protest I spoke at and just seeing all the faces at you and you would think what's going on right now, a majority you would see minority faces. But what shocked me was a lot of white faces in that crowd. And the first thing that I felt was just being thankful for them because mm -hmm. those are people that don't understand if they if they do understand they they want to help they have a voice too and they're speaking up for you know the mistreated you know the people that are getting dealt with well for this topic what we would say by law enforcement unfair, mm -hmm. unfairly so saying explaining blm to a, a white man and at that you're a man you're mm -hmm. not just a white person you're a man is pretty in interesting because you don't have a lot of uh, Caucasian males that you know want to hear this side or even want to hear the truth. So just putting it in that sentence, I definitely appreciate that. Um, what would you say one of your first questions would be towards me? Hmm. If we're going to go uh, in specifics, and I think we should do the broader towards mm -hmm. the end, but it was something that was very interesting I heard about in one of your uh, earlier podcasts was basically about instead of running to social media and posting all of these things, um, it kind of came across that you thought that wasn't the best route to do. The best route is like our ancestors to do, and that's any ancestors. That's from black ancestors, expanding ancestors. You got to get out in the streets and do what you're supposed to do for the community. Social media is the easy part of it now. That's the only thing I don't like about social media in the world now. It's making the hard work easy now. What you're supposed to do is get out in the streets and really see what's the problem. 
hear what's the problem. People that go on the streets and speak in the streets at these protests, they've been part of this experience. They just didn't have the camera in front of them to show that they were getting mistreated by law enforcement or they didn't have the camera in front of them in front of their loved ones that got killed in the streets. You, you, you don't know. So when you go to the streets, you go to these protests, you go to these rallies, you hear people talk that's been part of that. And when you hear people talk through their experience and you see it, that itself is already enough for you to believe it. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when you're hiding behind a camera and you're only seeing what the media is posting, which is everything negative, Right. The media is made to control our mind. It's every six stories to seven, six of them are negative. Mm-hmm. That that's going to sell. That's going to get viewers. So instead of jumping on the the Instagrams and the Facebooks, they're only going to show you the, the the tower being on fire, the building being on fire, the the windows being busted because that's negativity. They're not going to show you what these positive people are speaking in these positive protests. Mm-hmm. It's not what they're going to do. And even after the protest, I was interviewed by, I think it was the Sun Enterprise for the okay. Empire. Um, there is an article on Twitter. And I just said, this is why I do it. And this is why people should be doing what they're doing. Especially, my main thing is voting. Mm. Voting is something as little as you have to vote to your community. At the end of the day, like we just had a presidency vote. Like nobody gives a fuck about them too. Nor do they give a fuck about us. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you have to vote for things that impacts impacts your life, your lifestyle, your, your community. community. Yeah. Yes, your taxes, your <laughs> ten cent bags at a grocery store that nobody knew that they were you know voting for. Mm-hmm. So I would say that that question is leave the social media alone and get out. You got to get out in the streets. And I'm not saying doing the negative. The people that go and loop, they plan that. They knew mm-hmm. what time they were supposed to show up. They knew what some time they were supposed to show up for the protest and after the protest. They know what time that curfew was. They continue to go out there anyways. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's not the people that the looters aren't the people that I feel like opinion should matter. The looters are looters. Yeah. Looters yeah. are looters. Their job is to loot, get the free, free shit, you know, so that's their job. But if you want to know how to make an impact, you gotta step in it into it with your community. Mm-hmm. And especially when, um, if you know, like, let's say, I'm not trying to get too far into these looters, but I guess it's very even more unfortunate because they'll probably travel, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a protest going down in the next city over, mm-hmm. hey, that's where, that's where I'm going to go. Like I said, I went to a protest and I went with my boy Trails and as we're leaving, you see cars coming in, mm. you see cars coming in with ski masks and you know what they're there to do. We knew what we were there to do. So it's also hurtful when you see people that you supposedly that was your friend mm-hmm. on these social medias and comment on, on things that's not true. We're not out there to loot. We're out there to get the facts out. We're out there to wake up the people. We're out there to let it know that what you see on the camera is just not that's not just happening there. Mm-hmm. It's happening worldwide. That's what the protests are for. That's what going in the street is for. But that looting shit and that social media shit is for the birds. And, you know, for this year, I can say I lost out on a lot of friends. Do I regret it? No. Mm. But those friends decided to speak up without asking questions on something that they're not even uh, enlightened on. Mm -hmm. So that there, you can drop a friendship like that because they don't, they're, they're judging instead of asking questions. What, uh, 
I'm not saying off the top of your head, but what would be an example of like one of those questions, maybe? Like, like, like you said, what is Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's it's a support group that standing for their people that you know being mistreated or that or being getting unlawful events towards their black communities. It's communities. It's people that are standing up for what they believe in. Now it might not be organized and it might not look so good like the Black Panthers was, mm-hmm. but this is still a group that's getting in the streets, that's changing, that's making a difference. Instead of people that are hiding behind social media trying to make a difference. When all you're doing is putting your wood to the fire. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is, yeah, you're putting fuel to it. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to stay burning. My question to you is, what was your... This is my serious question. Mm -hmm. What was your thought when you seen the acts that were being being done against... uh, George Floyd. Mm, the actual video yeah. going on. It was very interesting. It was very weird. You could tell that maybe he wasn't in the best right of mind, you know, but it's very strange at how and the part that kind of took to me was that when they had him in the car and then he got out of the car again, you know, where he gets in, kind of laying in. And then, because you kind of think, oh, you got him. You know, you can close him all up. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know if there was, you know, if he pushed. I don't know. But as far as the, the time of being on the neck, you would think that an officer who has this sort of training or a basic training of how to, like, uh, <coughs> what would you call it? De pacify or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, like pacify a person. Mm-hmm. You would think you would know not to put it on your neck, mm-hmm. you know. So, and even for that long, maybe because um, you watch MMA, I watch mm-hmm. a little bit of MMA. Maybe it goes there for a second, and then you finally get your ground, and then you get up off and get a better spot somewhere, you know. But it was just on there the entire time. So, to me, that's that was the most suspect mm-hmm. kind of thing of that. You're probably intentionally trying to hurt this person mm-hmm. or even do more. And it's crazy that you mentioned the word training because, again, there's a lot of stuff that people don't know about me because I don't share everything. But I've taken a PCA 32 class where they train you the the physical part on how to detain a, a citizen or how to, you know, mellow out the situation if it does become a fist fight. And the number one thing they teach you, leave the neck, headlocks alone. Mm. So the fact that he had already cuffed him where he can't defend himself, mm. had the other two on the back of his body, and he put his knee on his what? His neck. It's the first thing they told us not to touch when mm-hmm. we're diffusing the problem. That there itself is, first, you already don't have respect for the man's life. Let alone, if you don't have respect for the man's life, that probably most likely means you don't have respect for his race. Mm. Because there's no other... Uh, excuse that you would use against and I hate when one of these people die in the street the first thing they go look on did they have a bad record right or any of that so what your cousin got a bad record that cop the cop that arrested him let him go didn't do all that mm-hmm. everybody's life matters it don't matter if it's a cop it don't matter if it's a crackhead it don't matter if it's bullshit ass fat peach trunk 
His life still matters at the end of the day. So the fact that you can just do that in the middle of the streets and everybody's looking and recording, the man's begging for his mom, but you're supposed to be a police officer. Y'all job is to protect the community and you're doing this. You're showing the community this is how we are, this is how we roll. You can be next if you want. Mm -hmm. To me, that's not not protecting us. You're now creating a war against us. Mm -hmm. Because if that was my cousin, you did that, I'm looking for you every day while you're on duty to do something towards you, too. Mm-hmm. Or just make your life hell. Right. I'm going to be that motherfucker that I, I know you can't take me to jail because I know my shit, but I'm going to be an asshole and a badass to you. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what keeps the cycle going. So, Because if you did it to your cousin, no shit, he going to do it to you. So I think that's really what got me was the, the picture of it portraying if there were cops that were like that and were afraid to do that. You gave them to go with that type of with that type of scene, or also you might have gave the illusion to some cops like, "Hey, I don't want to be a part of that." That's why you've had a lot of cops that quit this year, right? Because they don't want to be a part of that. They don't want to be framed as, "Oh, I'm a cop, so that's what I'm gonna do." And some, you know, some cops, some men aren't like that, and that's why a lot of cops retired, quit this year. So, yeah. Um, my question to you is, uh. Before George George Floyd, did you did you really pay attention to these um, law enforcement killing killing minority blacks in the streets? Did you pay attention to that, or is George Floyd kind of like, okay, this shit is real? It's really opened my eyes. Well, I think not as far as killing, but everybody's aware of Rodney King. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it so happens that it gets taken further mm-hmm. times, right? But no, there was, um, I mean, the first time I heard of Black Lives Matter was um, in Missouri. Was it in Missouri? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that's about in uh, 2015 yeah. or so, something like that. Um, that was with, he, he'll hit my mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was in Missouri. I'm trying to think of the city. Uh, we'll come back to that. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Where he was standing in the street and they think they pump eight or nine into him and they didn't call the police they didn't call the paramedics to mm. two or three minutes after they shot and killed him so yeah ferguson ferguson McGregor, there, you go. Missouri, there we go so yeah yeah i'm very aware of that um that is kind of where the big black ladders my lives movement jumped and it, you, you know mm-hmm. it went straight forward but and trayvon martin trayvon martin that. of course but but, but. If I, if I could answer about me um, paying attention, it's really only when it makes the big news, mm-hmm. you know, that would really hear it. Um, you always hear about statistics in crime, you know, things on the internet of uh, this many black men killed by police officers or X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever it is. But I'm not really looking at it, you know, in depth like that. It's like I hear it when I hear it, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean that that's just a question. I mean that's just a normal question. I wouldn't ex- I don't expect anyone mm-hmm. to just search those type of things unless that's they feel that's what they're brought here to. Like this stuff, I would say like you said you're a history geek. I'm a I'm a history geek too. But I, I love civil rights. So anytime I feel like I can better my community or my life in that, of course I'm going to go look at the history and of course I'm a you know, educate myself on a new current event so then I can, you know, speak up when I need to. But what would you say, what would you say uh, just from a white man perspective as in like 
do you do you shut up and listen? I don't even want to say shut up and listen. Do you listen or do you say your opinion? What do you feel more in the white community should do towards these situations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, I think people's knee-jerk reaction in order to, uh, and you see this throughout like social media and stuff, in order to seem a part of it and giving their opinion is to really just do it right away. You know, but for, as for me, I didn't. And that's when I came to you, mm-hmm. you know, and I asked you. So I don't think it's necessarily um, staying quiet, but I don't think you got to put your thing out there for everybody before you really start to get to know things. Mm-hmm. You Because know, I'm ignorant in, in more topics that I'm not in, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. So this is one of those things where I didn't really, I, don't, I didn't understand it fully. You know, I knew things that had happened, but, you know, I can't get in the feelings of a different person, mm-hmm. get the perspective of a different person. So that's what I kind of did. And I think I would just say, I would just say Black Lives Matter is, it's, it's, it is a movement group. I can mm-hmm. definitely say that. Am I, it's weird. It's like the Panthers, you had to, I don't want to say you had to be like affiliated, like get in with the gang, but you had to, you know, you there were certain rules you had to follow to stay in. There were certain things you had to educate yourself on to stay mm-hmm. in. There's none of that in the Black Lives Matter. So the thing, like with me, it is, it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a support group. And mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like it's not really. It, it's a weird name to say Black Lives Matter, but you do see a lot of more than just black faces. But at the end of the day, I think it's more of a worldwide saying like statement to where mm-hmm. you understand why they're here we're here because at the end of the day you don't see any other race getting killed like this by the police mm-hmm. you don't see like we already had to struggle 400 years in a certain way to get where we're at now and i'm not saying nobody else's life doesn't matter but we're trying to remind people Still in 2020, that Black Lives Matter still going on, and yeah. it shouldn't just matter in the athletic world. Mm. Don't just cheer on LeBron. Don't just cheer on your local teams because they're scoring touchdowns for you. At the end of the day, if a cop don't know him, and a cop don't feel secured, or if a cop's scared, he gonna shoot him too. He's another black man. He's yeah. another black man. So just don't show support when it comes to sports, and that, and that I, I tell that to a lot of. People that listen, a lot of people on so-called friends, a lot of people on social media, don't just talk to me when things are good. You know, I had a lot of friends. Uh, Ariana, my homegirl Ariana, she checked on me daily. For, I would probably say from March still to now with all these things going on. Um, and she would say little things just like, you know, I'm here for you. I'm on your side. Like, you, you, you know, you're important to me. She would say things like that. Mm-hmm. Ariana's not black. But it doesn't matter. She right. knows this. I'm her friend. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, she's there for her friend. She supports her friend. She cares about her friend. Vice versa. I know Ari has a depressed immune system. There's things that, I, of course, I want to invite her to, but I can't during the COVID right now. And I respect that. We're right. still friends. But that's what it comes down to. Like I think why you see so much different faces, especially white people, because you have people that matter to them. Mm-hmm. For example, we we're friends. 
you care about me, you you put your hand out. Was like, hey, coach, explain this to me. Mm-hmm. If we weren't friends, you didn't care about me. That never would have came out. Much like you probably would have yeah. said some ignorant shit on the internet that probably would have made me unfollow you. You know what? Like the rest of it have been happening, but you're not that type of man, so that's not what came from you. And I think that's the big part of social media and uh, the division we have in the world right now is people are quicker to put their opinion out on a social media and then forget what type of friends they want to supposedly hang out with mm-hmm. or what or what friends they want to be involved with. And that, that's what's that's what's going on in the world right now, which is it's putting a lot of friendships on the back burner. So kind of testing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah. But as far as um, what your original question was, you know, um, what do I think white people should do in this uh, situation? I would kind of advise it like I do most all people just really try to gather information, you know, because you don't want to you, you want to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't. So that's why, you know, I don't really post out there. I don't know these things, you know. Um, what would you like to see white people do? Um, I just don't want to see just white people do it. In general, it would help more if, you know, white people did it. But in general, sometimes you just got to be quiet. And I say that because... People can't relate with everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember this story clearly. Um, speaking of Ferguson, uh, when he when he died and we had a discuss, discussion in my communication class, everybody else was numb to it. I got emotional from it because I've had friends that, you know, were killed by cops. Mm. Um, I had one in Oklahoma right when I left from playing ball. And I had one in San Francisco that was shot over more than 19 times. His mom couldn't even see him. They had to close his casket. But that's from your cops, not from a gang, from your cop. Well, yeah, from your gang cops. Yeah. That's how you want to put it. But I had went off on this dude because he just said, like, oh, well, it's like another black kid that died in the street. And I went off on him. Like, I threw the table. And, you know, my teacher asked me to leave. But I was like, okay, cool. After class, she came back. She was like, I asked you to leave because you were so angry. I didn't know what was going to happen. Fast forward, we're now talking about the Vegas shooting at mm-hmm. that country concert. Mm-hmm. She asked me, how did I feel about it? I said, "I'm with, you know, so many school shootings, mass shootings, I'm numb to this situation. Mm-hmm. He went off on me. Before I even got to finish my thing, he started crying and he went off on me. I let him vent. That's mm-hmm. what you do. People, that's the smart way that you let people get it out. Let them vent. Mm-hmm. I didn't cut him off. I didn't do any of that. I let him vent. He was telling me, like, you know, they were just there to have fun, and all of a sudden, they someone's getting, you know, their head blown on by them, blah, blah, blah. And he went in, you know, he said his things, and, I, and I, when he was done, I said, every piece of hurt that you feel now is how I felt when we talked about that, those mm-hmm. police killing that kid. But at the end of the day, Nobody knows what it feels like unless they're in that situation. Mm-hmm. For example, last night, I don't know if y'all seen it, fucking Huntington was like a fucking club, bro. A curfew. Mm-hmm. Everybody was out there with American flags, no mask, doing what the fuck they want to do. Yeah. But that's ignorant of them people because those people probably haven't lost nobody that they cared about to COVID. Mm-hmm. 
but they don't care because it it doesn't it doesn't bother them. Nothing happened to them, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what people need to change in general. Not just white people, not just black people. Humans in general have to listen and have to, you know, put themselves in someone else's position for a little bit. Right. Just listen, even though it might not affect you. At the end of the day, if you listen, you also educated yourself. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we have to listen instead of just having an opinion. Of something that bothers me and it doesn't bother me. At the, in the end of the day, someone died. It should bother you, period. Mm-hmm. Because that could be a friend's aunt, that could be a sister's aunt. Like you don't know. Right. So instead of just blurting shit out or you know not letting people finish, let them vent. You know they're hurt too. It might be a different type of hurt, but it's still a hurt. And I feel like that's what people just need to do: is listen instead of judge or instead of talking. Instead of, oh, I got an opinion. Well, listen to the facts before you give your opinion. Mm-hmm. That's the things that are more. Yeah, just more more education and more yeah. knowledge like we were mm-hmm. talking about, really. Yeah. So, if, I, if you could... Alright, so like Jordan is king for a day, you know, and you get to implement some laws and, you know, Things like that. What would you like to see? What would some of the, some actions you take? At the end of the day, we're all kings, and I can't do it myself. So if I did want to make laws, I there would still be people that I would take opinions from. You know, grab some help from. Mm-hmm. If you're asking what type of laws or rules would I make, um, I don't know. I'm not really a rule maker. I, that, that's a hard question. I would just ask mm. shit. I, me personally, everybody's smoking weed. <laughs> everybody's smoking weed because it's gonna do three things. It's either gonna put you to sleep, it's gonna make you happy, or you gonna you know you're gonna be hungry. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you're gonna consume any type of, so we, that's what I would do. Uh, Over the counter drugs would be weed. Store counter drugs would be weed. 7-Eleven cigarettes would be weed. Mm-hmm. So it, you can get it in all different type of form. You got to find your form. That's probably one of the main things I would do. Uh, I would put, uh, you must have a rest day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the same day like a Sunday. Okay. But you must have a rest day for your own, you know, your own self, your own mental status, your own mental health. Um. So you're, outside that's pretty much it yeah you're kind of focusing on taking care of yourself yourself taking care of others yourself yeah yeah so I would also probably say I would go through prison and see who's supposed to be locked up and who's not mm. if you there for some 3.5 grams of weed you've been there for 7 get out of here mm-hmm. go home yeah uh if you only got 30 days of prison because you touched on a little boy, no, we we, we, we mm-hmm. fixing that. Yeah. So I think those were things I would do. I'm not a big on rules, laws. I feel like there's only that because of a certain group of people. Um, hopefully the weed will slow down that certain group of people so mm. it wouldn't be so violent. But I don't know. There's not too much. I don't want to drastically change things like that because... People can't handle change, mm-hmm. but those are just things that I feel like might help it a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, 
Now, I have a question for you. Have you seen friends, family members that have commented that have commented negatively on the social media that you sat there and thought about like, man, like how could you say something like that? Or like, I thought you were a better person than that. Mm. I'm as far as direct family, nobody would does it on social media. Uh huh. Um, but you heard them. now you hear things, you know, you do hear things. Um, and say that again. What was the question again? Have like well, you say you heard you've heard your family members. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything? Even when it comes to friends, family member mm-hmm. and friends, have you seen anything on social media that you know might have ticked you off or be like, hey, like now you look at that person a certain way because of something that they said? Mm. Have you ran any of that yet? Yeah, I mean, just in general, usually with those, especially family, because you already know your family, you know. But as far as just friends on social media, it's very interesting in, you know, everybody's opinions and how quickly they are to, you know, send that opinion out there. I think, yeah, I would say I have had, I guess, a damper on the person. Um, It's more of kind of like what you're saying, though, is do we actually know what we're talking about here? You know, I'm not, because I don't, whatever their opinion is, how am I going to say it's right or wrong. It's obviously maybe a hateful opinion. Um, but no, you'll see, I'll have friends on there just being like, you know, what the hell is going on? You know, when they're watching the, the riots and stuff. And you always think like, okay, I don't know why people have the need to really put their opinion out there. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to me. And more than anything, it's that lack of... Um, knowledge and almost that ignorance that like proud ignorance you know like i don't even know what's going on Mm -hmm. and yet here's my two cents um but as far as that goes that's i would say that's probably it yeah now with those family members have you had any disagreements arguments because of the things you heard not specifically those things. Well, because I have been away for a while, and then coming back with all the COVID. Away? Life, you you want to... I know where you've okay. been, but you want to... Um, yeah, I wasn't in jail, no. It was... Uh, <laughs> I was uh, teaching at an English academy over in South Korea for about the two about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have came back uh, this past May, and then right after that, it seems like George Floyd happened. So I was kind of there, but as far as talking to family... Um, man, I was thinking when I would get back, you know, you're gonna, I'm not even going to be at my house, you know, for a, a whole week straight. You know, I'm going to be here, 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 and here with everybody else. But um, no, so there hasn't been too many uh, one-on-one conversations with most of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know that doesn't really answer the question too much. The next thing I was going to go to was um, just in my head. It was with uh, the family and friends. Mm. Oh, you know, you've been, you've seen Obama. Mm-hmm. You've been through his presidency. Um, one's Trump's presidency, were you, did you see things ever getting better with law enforcement and minorities or just race in general? Or did you kind of know, like, he's going to divide us even more mm. when he first got elected? 
I thought him getting elected, whether it was by um, his own actions or just the overall thing of him getting elected, I knew it was going to be a big divide for people. You know, even if he just sat there and didn't do anything, Mm -hmm. you know, everything else around him would have been going off still. So it's more of him as like that. um, It's like he's like a banner for some people, Mm -hmm. you know, they wave around this banner and things. And it was, yeah, you definitely could tell like when he won, it was kind of like, okay, here we go. Like it's going to be. Big, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be big. This is this is not going to go away. This this topic of division. But um, as relating that to Obama's presidency, it felt like, I mean, because what before that would have been Bush. I was pretty young during the Bush age, so mm-hmm. I wasn't really paying attention too much. But I guess for the most part, Obama's presidency felt normal. Mm-hmm. Um, just the climate. You know, and the atmosphere mm-hmm. kind of going on. Things felt normal. Um, but yeah, that changed. Do you feel Trump's... What do you feel Trump's biggest downfall was? Mm. It's plenty of them, so we can't be here all day. Mm. But what do you feel really hindered his presidency to where he couldn't even get it? I, I knew... Even the amount of supporters he had, he want to get his second term. It's people that's over him. Like mm-hmm. he has your own Republicans that don't want to be bothered with him. What would you say his biggest trait was his downfall to his presidency? Hmm. I think, like you said, I think there's a, key, a few key ones, but I think it's the uh, like that double-edged sword. It's his personality. Mm-hmm. It's what got him there, and then I think it's also what kind of held him back. Um, if we want to look at specific things, it would be, it would, they would seem like softball lobs to him, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd be like, sir, do you condemn the KKK or do you condemn, uh, white supremacy and things like that? And I remember it was one of the debates, one of the last ones Mm -hmm. where he asked, the guy asked him that. And then it's not like... He told the motherfuckers to stand by. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, he hasn't my speed dial then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. uh, I'm glad we weren't the only ones. That that was weird to say. That was very strange to say. Because if there's ever an easier question in that moment... For you to clear up the rear. For a politician to pick. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's not like... Because it looked like he was weirdly running around it for a while. And... It was like, I'm pretty sure there's like one answer here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is short, easy. Everybody Two knows letters, it. Man. It's a kid's yeah. first answer. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Saying that, I do think his rhetoric was his downfall. I've never heard a president call an NFL quarterback a son of a bitch. Is this um, referring to Kaepernick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you know that. I never heard a president... You know, talk to the media like that. Like, get her out of here. Mm. You know, she's from China anyway. Like, what? Like, you know, you never... Even the racist president, they just didn't talk like that. I mean, you knew some were racist, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's what America was. But the fact that, like you said, he had a chance to clear up so much air. Somebody heard him say it. Somebody would have heard him say, I'm not racist. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he couldn't even clear it up, like you said, made him think 
made us think that he had him on speed dial was just disgusting. And mm-hmm. I think his rhetoric is really his downfall. Let alone, he didn't do shit anyways. He didn't do anything he promised because uh, Mexico's still waiting on that wall to build. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he didn't do shit. So, and like I say, and I've lost some lost some friends with this statement I'm about to say. If you support Trump, you support racism. Can you name me any of his policies? It was the... It's like the Middle East and Israel, that kind of policy going, or it, I don't think it was a policy, I don't even know what to call it, or some sort of agreement they're having, some sort of non-aggression thing that they're doing with Israel. But wasn't he the same one that blew up uh, Iran and hit one of their leaders, mm, and yeah. now they're after us because of that? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm saying. He So he don't have policies. So even in what irritates me more is when a minority tells me that they support Trump. Mm. If you're a minority and you're a Republican, all due respect, I, I fuck with it, you know? Mm. You don't have to be the same old Democrat that they want us to be. But if you're telling me you support Trump and you can't give me a policy because he don't have any, that's what irritates me as mm. a minority Trump supporter. Be a Republican. By all means, you know, stand for your side. Mm-hmm. But ain't nothing positive about Trump. Paid $750 in taxes. Mm-hmm. My brother's a district Wells Fargo manager. His mouth dropped when he heard that. Mm. Like, bro, he's a, he's a scammer. He was nothing. He was evil. And I'm not saying other presidents weren't evil, but, bro, he blankly was evil. Like you said, the double-edged sword. Like, whatever got him there, he didn't change when he got in. Mm-hmm. So, me was, I think it was just his rhetoric. He said what the fuck you want, and... That day, he told them to be on standby, bro. You couldn't say nothing no more dumb. Like, that was it. Like, you had a chance to say no. You said some other bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, which brings me to a question was, I, I, did you vote for him any any time, first or second time? No. Other question was, did you vote first presidency? The first time yes, around? Yes, with uh, Hillary. Mm-hmm. You did vote? Okay, so I'm I'm proud of you, brother, for voting. Now I did write in. I'll tell you that. That's fine. You but, voted. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you paid attention to the stuff that went on in your community. Mm-hmm. So thank you for voting. But you know, I just had to get that in the air, on the airways, you know, so they know. But thank you. We had our good talk. I would like to end the show on a little bit of positive sports talk. Mm. Uh, I know you're a Pittsburgh fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanksgiving, Baltimore plays Pittsburgh. How do you think this is going to go? Before you start, everybody on here know I'm a, I'm a Baltimore mm-hmm. fan. So, you know, they airs has been wired up now. So, mm-hmm. I think like with any Pittsburgh-Baltimore matchup, it's going to be intense. It's going to be... I could see people getting hurt. I could see a lot of stuff going down. Um, but at the end of the day, especially depending on your running back situation... I would have to, it's do or die for the Ravens, but depending on this running back situation, I would give it to the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Do you have a score? Do you have a point difference? Do you have a point catch? I think Baltimore realizes what this game is um, and what it's going to mean to them in their season and things going going on forward. I think it's going to be a one score game. We're a little bit on the same sheet. 
uh, our backs are against the wall. We're going against a 10 and 0 team, which I feel like we had this off camera. We had this talk off camera. I feel the Pittsburgh Steelers need to lose at least once or twice Mm -hmm. just to get that bad taste out of their mouth because in the modern era of NFL football, we haven't seen a perfect team even coming from Mm -hmm. a Baltimore fan, which we were on an 11-game win streak last year. We were Mm 14-2. We lost first round. So I feel like it would benefit the Steelers a little bit if they lost a couple which brings me to, well, if you're going to lose a game, let it lose to a good game against your rivals, mm-hmm. which really wakes you up. Now, <laughs> Lamar ain't got nobody to throw to, mm-hmm. which makes his game highly hard now that he's missing two running backs. Mm-hmm. Is that for sure? Is that potential? Uh, as of right now, it's probably going to be for sure unless we have false positives. And a short week, too. So, yeah. But... If I trust anybody, I trust that that black Superman I got with the number eight on. Mm-hmm. Maybe he might get a couple uh, <laughs> heaven messages from the other number eight up there, and hopefully we can pull it out. It will be tough. I will be drinking starting Wednesday. <coughs> all wine, though. <laughs> Thanksgiving's all wine. But mm. if you know, if you know, if you're not around the family, you're more than welcome to Jonathan, so you can we can watch it together. Mm, thank you. I'm down with that. Um, Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for the questions you asked. Um, anytime you want to do this again, just let me know. I'm super down. Uh, great show. Appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, Coach. No problem. Speaking of coaching, I know Steven through coaching. So the backstory is, I used to, when I used to work for the city, I used to coach other teams that, let's say, their coach. I used to be scorekeeper. I used to be scorekeeper, and if kids, kids, teams, coaches didn't show up, I would have to, you know, coach their team. And I was offered from my job to take a youth girls, what was it middle school order, middle school and order in Fontana. Wayne um, Rubel. No. Wayne Rubel. Mm-hmm. It was Ray Rubel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> took their, you know, their middle school girl team. We took it over because they didn't have a coach. Um, Oh, student teacher. Yeah, he was student time. teacher, and he needed some help. So I went there. Both of us didn't get paid for it. And we took that team. What They had eight games. We took that team to the championship and lost by two. Mm-hmm. So that's how me and uh, Steven got acquainted, uh, stayed friends after. He went to fucking Korea during Trump's presidency. That's a brave motherfucker because I want it. But that's our background. And uh, just thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, too. Uh, you can shout out your Instagram. That'll be the best thing for you. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to make it blow up or anything. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Stephen PD, that's what it is. Stephen PD, there we go. Hey, appreciate y'all. Y'all know it's always love and happiness over here. Smoke up, drink up, have a good turkey day. Because it was still a massacre. But we'll get into that on a different show. Happy holidays. Thank you for tuning in.